to our fathers that are here. Happy Father's Day. It's good to see you now. Again, this morning, it's a blessing. It's good to have each other here. It's just good to be announceable. Does anybody have a word they'd like to, uh, or, or, you know, praise or a testimony or you'd like to uh, bring forth this morning before we go a little further? I'd, I'd like to ask that everyone they'll remember Neil and the boys, mom and dad, uh, and remember my friend Herbie. Uh, I think he's been playing down how serious is that his cancer is, and uh, he started treatments last weekend. And they uh, they've been kind of making him sick, and. Um, I think they've got it leveled out where it doesn't make him sick anymore, but he's uh, he's got a long road to hoe, and uh, they're they're kind of washing his immune system out now. And when they get it down, they're going to give him a uh, uh, bone marrow transfusion, and he'll have to stay in the hospital uh, in a clean environment, um, so that's pretty much by himself for 28 days and I know how, how it is uh, being in the hospital for a long time and if it hadn't been for the visits and, and the staying with me of, of my great friends and, and my great sister uh, I don't know how I could have made it so y'all remember Herbie and my great wife we're we're just so much like black one like the Lord says for us to be I might say well done, but no. If there was someone here riding Hallmark cars, they were riding Yeah, that's right. Yeah, pray for pray Royce. for Royce's family, yeah. and I understand she's uh, she's probably in her last last hours here on earth. So whenever <coughs> I take care of her, remember our daughter-in-law Lisa Ben's wife. She's still in Uganda, not right where she was at, but this week there was you know there's all these warring, I guess tribal factors over there, and, and they had. A, a group that came into the area pretty close to where she was and kind of overran a school, killed a bunch of children, burned the school, and kidnapped the children that they didn't kill. And so, you know, that's the world that, that we don't live in, thank goodness. Uh, I remember her. She said she's safe and it wasn't real close to her, but hey, it's it's our daughter-in-law who was in the same country. That's pretty close to me. You know? So just remember her on that trip, on that mission trip, and it, uh, it'll continue to be uh, safe and uh, productive for her group. Remember Lisa Franklin and her family. Yeah. Brother Don, Kathy said he went there and just didn't try to say it was. I talked to Don just a briefly yesterday. And he misses everybody. I'll tell you that. He misses everybody. I remember my dad. We got two dogs appointments this week, and we got to take these tanks. <laughs> Pray they don't last too long because the tanks don't last. 
it's nerve wracking when you don't know what you're doing. Like we don't. Yeah, he's worn out too. Oh yeah, yeah. We got yeah. You know, if you can't you know, pray for Kathy too. She, she definitely prayers. And uh, the Lord of family, they continue with you. You know, no Robert. I talked to her just a minute ago. She's hurt her back. I, I had her help me move a bed up some stairs yesterday, which I think is to her. But y'all remember Jesus. Let's remember our revival coming up yeah. too, Brother Wayne, starting next Sunday. And uh, let's pray for Brother Dustin. God would just give him, make preaching easy for him and hide him behind the cross. And uh, love to see souls saved and folks move on. Yeah, I'm for that revival. Yes, sir. We, we've got a grandson that's going to get operated on Tuesday morning for his tonsil. We had no two to his ears. So, man, that's a great for you. They did it all done at one time. Man. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> We have so many things to pray for. God bless you, Lord. Yeah. But you know, again, God has His hand on each and every one of these situations. He does. He does. Anyway. Well, In the wake of uh, praise, had colonoscopy Friday, and uh, Dr. Newman said I went from being an interesting patient to the most boring patient he had ever had. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't have to go back for five years. Good. That's good. That's great. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, I guess when the doctor tells you this, you're born patient. I guess that's the best thing. Yeah, you, if you don't want to be on the most interesting list. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Anyone else? Well, let's let's go let's go to Lord in prayer and and I. I'm gonna call Brother Kenneth. Would you would you pray for us, please? Thank you for everyone here today. We just lift up all these prayer requests to you for so many. I can't remember but you can't do it all. Thank you for the service. Give the pastor the word to say. Thank you for the devotion time. Michael and Roger coming up in front of us. Just give them guidance, guide our hearts and thoughts. Thank you for this worship. Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Kenneth. Look to page 181. Let's sing one more right here. As we're going through these prayer requests, you know, we don't know the next minute we have. We don't know about tomorrow. And I, I, this song right came to my mind. I don't know who holds tomorrow, but I know who.
bring our devotion this morning. Well, come on up, brother, and bring our devotion, sir. Let's do it somewhere. Bless you, Lord. It's good to be here this morning. Good to see everybody out that's here. Uh, happy Father's Day. And uh, I'd like to uh, just say that, you know, there's no say it goes, I wish I was as good a man as my dog thinks I am. <laughs> I wish I was as good a man as my children think I am. Uh, it's, uh, you know, being a dad's a special thing, and, and uh, it's just a wonderful thing. It's not afforded a lot of people, though. I, I looked up a, a statistic, and in Chicago, 59 people a week are murdered. And the stats show that close to 90% of those, 80-something percent, I think it said, were raised in a family with no father. And it makes me even more blessed to, to have had the father I had. Sure. Uh, it's uh, very few times I come to church and I, I go at 26, hit 79, and I don't get there and think about my dad. He's been dead almost 47 years. When I was, he was teaching me to drive in a little Plymouth Valley. 1962 Plymouth Valley had a three-speed on the collar, and I pulled up there to pull out, and I gave him some gas and let off the clutch and then hit the brake. And he looked and he says, "That was a good decision." He said, "When in doubt, don't." He said, "You could probably beat that truck, but he has tonnage on you, son." He said, "Don't don't do something if you're not real sure." And he said, "That'll do driving, and that'll do in life." Amen. Got doubts? Don't do it. Stop and think about it. So, just tribute to my father at this point. And, uh, y'all, excuse me. This used to bother me. It don't bother me as bad as it did. It's just, uh, it's, it's my love. Uh, the fifth commandment said to honor our father and mother. That our days may be long on earth. And that was the uh, said first commandment promise, and uh, I don't even know where it's at. Uh, it, it also uh, was repeated in uh, Ephesians, I believe. Yeah, sixth chapter of Ephesians it says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother," uh, which is the first commandment of promise that it may be well with thee, uh, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, uh, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So, as we as we as we celebrate this Father's Day, it, you know, I just kind of like to combine it to a Mother's Day too. Uh, I was so blessed to have two parents that loved me, cared for me, took care of everything I needed. Uh, didn't even know I had needs because they were taken care of, but. Uh, just uh, being raised in the area that I was raised in, parents that knew the uh, value of work and the value of, of doing things right. And uh, I remember my mother saying, 
Don't you do anything that's going to embarrass this family. <laughs> you know, as a, as a teenage boy, that rings loud in your ears when you're out thinking about doing stuff you shouldn't do. You know, don't do things. Mama's going to be real mad if I keep trouble doing this. So uh, we do those things that that are right and good because we were taught that way. Yes. What you see standing here, if it hadn't had instruction, it would have been a total wreck. And, and it is anyway, but it would have been a total disaster. Uh, without the instructions of my family and my church as a child and uh, uh, the friends that uh, I associate with, it's always been it's been driven into me to associate with people that's not going to get you in trouble. It's, it, we're easily guided as children and uh, as young folks, we're easily guided into things that we might not do on our own, but uh, I'm just I've just been blessed beyond measure to have the father and the mother I had and to have the church fathers and mothers I had, uh, the neighbor fathers and mothers I had. You know, growing up, your neighbors were watching you and they had a party line and they could call your mom in a heartbeat and tell them if you were doing something wrong. So all the eyes that watched me helped me to... Uh, to maybe avoid some things I would have done on my own. So uh, that may be a strange Father's Day devotion this morning. But um, I think I have one other place I wanted to read something if I can find it. In Proverbs, uh, sixth chapter of Proverbs, 21st, it says, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. And this is, this is the part I want you to listen to. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about with thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. So as fathers talk to our children, our grandchildren, our church children, <coughs> school children, because it says that that it'll go with you and, and to tie it about around your neck so it'll be with you. And when you go, it'll lead you. And when you sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. I can hear my father talking to me. Son, that was a good decision. When in doubt, don't. And, and that was, like I said, that was, he died 47 years ago in July. And that was before that. So that was 50 years ago, 60 years ago, whatever it was. And uh, it's still just as loud and true as it was then because it's scriptural. It'll stay with you. It'll lead you to talk to you. Uh, anybody got anything you'd like to add this morning? Brother Roger, um, you're in your devotion and remembering uh, Tuesday before last we don't know what tomorrow holds and I just want to take this opportunity to thank my father for teaching me the things he did he, he taught me uh, how to plumb how to do electrical work uh, how to do mechanic work and how to be, be a carpenter and he taught 
not just to do those things, but to do those things and do them correctly. But the the one thing that I I want to thank him for was teaching me how to be a non haphazard Christian. Amen. Uh, to be focused on on our Savior, and that led to to how to choose a wife and how to raise a son and how to raise a daughter. And I want to thank him for that today. While, while he's still here. And uh, how much money did that save you through a life? Being able to fix your own tractor and <laughs> put your own switches in and fix your faucets yourself without having a service charge. Well, it, it, sure. It's a value it, in life, but it's also a value in Yeah, because those things always break down at four thirty on Saturday. And um, so, you know, to be able to to do it without having to call someone out was invaluable. But like I say, that that's not the most important thing he taught me. Not at all. Uh, he taught me to not be a haphazard Christian. Amen. Anyone else? Thanks, Dad. Brother Roger, I want to add to that a little bit. I, I've said all these years I went to the Robert Monroe School of Church. Uh, you know, there's things you do and things you don't do. And I, we've raised our family that way. But the love that, that he and Nell have shown me and my family has made a difference in our life. Yeah, he's one of my church fathers. He sure is. Brother Roger, we, we had an experience this weekend that wasn't very pleasant. But during this experience, I heard a young man fall to his knee and go to pray. He was praying as earnest as he knew how. And he was praying for his daddy's life. And he said this. He said, Lord Jesus, daddy loves you. And he was praying that, that the Lord would heal his daddy from an accident that he had had. And, and I knew his daddy was not going to be revived no matter how much CPR, no matter what was going on. I, I just knew it. And, uh, but uh, anyway, what I thought about that was that man that, that was there that, was, that done gone on and stripped that flesh and, and left it. And his young son was crying for him, was wanting somebody to do something. But all I could think about was that he did it right before he left. His son knew that he loved Jesus. Amen. And he knew who to cry out to when he was in need. And all I could think of was how much that I loved and respect the man that I didn't know there for what he'd done. And I went to talk to his son and the Lord shut my mouth. And, 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 I, and there was no opportunity. I respected that from the Lord. The Lord knows what he's doing. But uh, but I couldn't help but be impressed. You know, we may make decisions sometimes and do things that's not for our benefit and it may cost us. But to leave a testimony, that was to me that was the most most valuable thing that that man could have done for his son. He knew who to call out to when he was in trouble and distress. And uh, 
I'm thankful that I knew when my daddy gone that he was saved when he left this world. He died peacefully. A lot of people around him, people that barely knew him, were <coughs> crying because daddy was a charmer. People around him. But daddy left a testimony. As I was a young man, Pam and I was already married. My daddy got saved at Mount Sinai Missionary Baptist Church. His uh, childhood friend was the pastor, Brother Lonnie Jones. That's Brother Mark Jones' daddy. Um, and my daddy left a testimony. And because of that, I'm at peace. Because of that, that young man and his mother and those, those that thought that, that, that his dad or her husband left this world too soon, they'll have some peace. They'll have some peace in the Lord. And uh, I'm just thankful for a testimony. If for nobody else, for what it done for me there and the peace I got there. And, and so, Daddy, the best thing you can leave is a testimony. And if you've got children that have never heard it, it'd be a good time to tell them about it today. Brother Roger, when I was growing up, I never had to wonder if I was going to have food on the table. I never had to wonder that I was going to have clothes to wear. I never had to want, I never had to lay down in the bed at night and be afraid of anything. And that's because of my parents. And they raised five kids in a three-bedroom house with one bathroom. And that, for a while, four of us were teenagers. Uh, but there was a system uh, in place to where everything was taken care of. And when it came time to plant a garden, we were all outside planting the garden, gathering, mother worked herself to death canning and freezing to make sure that we had plenty of things to eat over the winter time. Uh, Daddy drove from Royal to Fairfield to work. This was before the interstates, but he moved us up here so we wouldn't be around anything that would hurt us or steer us. So he drove back and forth to Fairfield so his family would have a safe place to be. And uh, I'll never forget that, never forget what my mother, uh, mother did for all of us. And the main thing, when Sunday morning rolled around, we were all getting ready and we went to church. And I'll, I'll always be grateful that. Never knew you needed food, never knew you needed clothes, or needed to pay the power. Never needed yeah. to worry about that because it was taken care of. Sure. Yes. Amen. Anyone else? I'm probably the oldest one in here that's going to talk about his daddy. My daddy was the most devout man that I did, I've ever seen. He, he grew up kind of rough. But 
I had a sister that was one year old and she passed away. And my daddy knew what kind of life he lived before. But when after Eloise died, he was the most devout man I'd ever that I know. I knew him till he was fifty one years old and he died in a tractor accident. But he was, uh, like I say, the most devout man that I've ever, ever known. He was a lay preacher and he, uh, and boys around the drawer, around the William Settlement. He was able. He just lived a life before him, before them, but they knew that he had something that was important. And that was just his father's day. I just want to raise it. I just want to thank him for what he left with me. A man that tried to do the best he could. Yes. Uh, I, uh, both just said that he didn't want to be a haphazard Christian. But my testimony is that for some time, I lived a haphazard Christian. I was in church every Sunday, and wherever, whenever these doors was open, I was here. And I, but I just want to thank my daddy for the way he raised me. And what he, what, what he contributed to this church while he was alive. Sure. And you know, I appreciate that. You know, that Anyone else? In closing, I want to say we may have a treat next Sunday. Uh, I've been thinking about Neil and I got a message from him. He said, would it be okay if I do devotion before Sunday? And I said, well, absolutely. And he said, a scripture verse came by and I just thought it would be good if I did a devotion on it. And I said, well, that'd be great. And he said, well, you, you prepare anyway in case it don't, uh, in case something happens and I don't. And I said, well, I will prepare. But I'm going to depend on the one that sent that scripture <laughs> to you to, to keep it on your heart and that we'll see you. So hopefully, Neil will be here next Sunday to devote your voice. We'll take our classes.
I'm having trouble getting organized here this morning. I'm sorry. Hi, good morning, everybody. I hope y'all are getting something out of these slides. I hope I'm not boring everybody to death with them. Um, one thing I want us to think about uh, as what we'll look at this morning, you ever think about why the Jews didn't accept Christ? I mean, they saw the miracles. They, they heard the teaching. What, what was the big hang-up for the Jews not accepting Christ? Basically because he didn't, he didn't appear as they expected him to. Uh, he didn't come with the royalty that, that they thought he should. Yeah, they were looking for someone to come and whip Rome and put things back the way everything should be. And he should have come born in a great, wonderful way. And uh, basically, the old saying, he should have rode into town on a white horse. He was not a very kingly-looking king. Was no, he wasn't. And, and humanized. They wanted another uh, Saul, really. That's what they were looking for, another Saul. They wanted Saul, and they got David. Yeah, they wanted Saul, and they got David. I don't think that's focused, is it? Think so? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just my eyes. Mm -hmm. It looks like it from here. Let's go with that right there. Okay. All right. Homework assignment. Did anybody look up what this meant? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It's glory to God in the highest. Excelsius meaning excel, highest. Yeah. What we're going to visit now is the traditional place where the angels appeared to the shepherds, which would have been where? In the field. Okay, Pam. And it is called the shepherd's field. And as you go in, there's a great big statue in honor of a shepherd. So I guess that's what they look like. I don't know. Let's see the sheep and the ducks at the bottom. And now, this is one thing that, that really, I had to really step back and try to wrap my hand around. When we think of manger scenes and we think of stables, what do we think of? Two befores, plywood, yeah, a square. 
Not the case. The most common stable in Israel is a cave. Your flock is protected. There's only one small entrance. They can't get, your, your herd can't get away at night. And there's all kinds of caves in Israel. And they got a lot more rocks than they do wood. Oh boy, let me tell you, yeah. A whole lot more rocks than they do wood. So, so places like this, and who, you know, is this the exact place? Who knows? But the point being, it was emphasized several different times how caves were used for mangers, for shepherds to keep their sheep, for stalls. So we went in this one. And this is just the entrance they made around it. Okay, Pam. And once you get inside, it's you know pretty good size opening. But um, you know it would have been dark until that angel appeared. And um, then we had a couple. I think it was the pastor's daughter, one of the deacon's daughters, sang a song for us in, in the cave. But that's what the entrance looked like from a distance. So. Just as something to think about, you know, we, we tend to, what we imagine went on, we obviously put our Western world thoughts to it. So just keep in mind, a lot of what happened would have been in a cave or at the entrance of a cave. But yeah, the announcement wasn't made in Rome. It wasn't made in Caesar's palace. It was made to shepherds. And a shepherd really was considered a hired hand labor. That was a common job. There was nothing special about shepherds. Everybody had sheep or ducks or whatever. So the, the big announcement about Christ made to these shepherds, made to lowly people, uh, minimum wage, we'll call them. Okay, Pam. Was this outside Bethlehem? Yeah. <coughs> I don't believe that wheelchair ramp was ADA compliant. You think so? We'd have to take the run It's just a statue of their thoughts of an angel. And you go inside, there's a, as for everywhere else, there's a, we'll call it a church or a, a tabernacle that just has unbelievably beautiful paintings or murals or rocks. And all these were of the announcement of Christ to the shepherds. This is in the church. Yeah, for, for lack of a better word to describe it. I did not look all that up. It's a little bright, isn't it, Pam? Mm -hmm. well, I better not know what happened last time I mixed it up. Yeah, we won't touch it. I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, Boaz Field Souvenir Shop. So, yeah. You can go in there and glean all kinds of things. Yeah. I figured you said we're 30 minutes from home. Yeah, for real. Now, the next several shots are just different buildings. Uh, that was right across the hotel. That was so pretty. Had monstrous, their type of cedar trees in the courtyard. 
And it's got that same colored rock as everywhere else. And everything lights up at night. You almost have to go outside and just walk around at night just to see how different and how beautiful everything is. So that's the same view at daytime? Yeah. You'll never guess what that was. Keep going. That's it. YMCA. Huh? Yeah. It's a YMCA. Downtown Jerusalem. Big building. And it, the tower's way up, and I almost was able to sneak in and go up the elevator, but I didn't quite make it. I tried. This beautiful, beautiful building. Is that one of the taller buildings in the area? I'd like to have got up and seen. That was my whole idea, get up there and take some pictures, but it was private. Once again, a picture of the red light on the side of the road. Um, I took this picture just to, to let you know if you were interested. There are online courses that are free that you can take from this university of Jerusalem, Mount Scopus campus. So if you really want to do some studying in the Israeli history and all, they have free classes that are open to anyone to take online. Just more gorgeous farmland. <laughs> Riding their donkeys. Yes, they do. They definitely do. Much better than horses. But imagine riding that for a couple of days. Yeah. Now, on the interstate, what we would call interstate between Jerusalem and the Dead Sea down at Megiddo, you can just see, I mean, they cut solid rock through some of these hills. It was just amazing as I tried to shoot pictures out of the window of the bus. Just how starkly barren and deserted it is. Except in the very valleys, then you've got green. Of course, I know there's some irrigation that goes along with that, but you'd think you were in Utah or something like that. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. Think about walking through that from Egypt when they murmured when they didn't have any water. Now we've made it to the Dead Sea. And as Roger mentioned before, the Dead Sea is dying. Look what all used to be underwater. You can see to the right. Used to be all the way up to the top of that. That land around it is, uh, I bet it doesn't grow much because of the salt content that was left behind. Well, it's just as it evaporates, it just leaves more and more. Mm -hmm. And so, the fact that they've downed the Sea of Galilee to have drinking water, it's just less going into this. Now, if you remember when we looked at the geography, it's definitely downhill from the Mediterranean Sea to here. It would be no trouble getting the water there. It's just the money to dig the ditch. And they are talking about that. 
That shows you the effect on a, on a river that 11 million people drinking out of it has. And you really can't grasp on that previous picture just how far that row goes, as far as you can see. That mm hmm. <coughs> They're the one thing that can grow. Now, what I want you to see here, and you see it better later, see the white? The salt. Now you really see the salt as it's receded, the water's receded. And a reminder, if you haven't gotten a thumb drive, all these pictures are on it. There's probably the best one. Well, we would, we would think sand, and no, that's salt. Can you walk down in there at all? Only in particular places. Yeah. People just walking out on their own kind of gets attention. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, just look at those dunes and those, uh, what are they called? Buttes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that mountain. And what's interesting, if it comes a flood in Jerusalem, which, you know, well, let me back up. I asked one of the managers in South Texas one time, why does a half inch of rain cause so many problems down there? And he said, because it's flat and there's nowhere for it to soak in. Well, same thing with Israel. If it comes a rain in Jerusalem, that water's headed to the Dead Sea. And it might take it a couple hours to get there, but it's moving fast. Because yeah, the ground's so hard, too. Yeah, the ground's hard as a rock. So it comes off this mountain, and well, there's a road, and you're probably talking a good hour's drive to get from Jerusalem to the Dead Sea. Uh, it'll wash rocks in the road. It's just, I'd love to have seen it happen. But th <laughs> this is all erosion from water and from wind, but mostly water. Now we are going to go to a place called Sada. And what Masada was, was a, what's a good word for it, Sister Maggie? It, it was a, ma'am? Yeah, a stronghold might be a good word for it. It was a stronghold that Herod built. It's on top of a mountain but he also turned it into his little playground, too. So this was all done by Herod. And there's a little, when you first go in, they show you a little um, plaque, or not plaque, but a model. model, thank you, Pam, of what it looks like. And all of a sudden, you're going from 
flat down at the Dead Sea. Well, I say it's flat, it goes down 1,400 feet, but you can just get an idea of the terrain. And this is where the scripture supposedly happened, the Valley of Dry Bones. Now you see some of these valleys and you can understand why it said those bones were very dry. There's nothing there but rock. Oh, that is too bright. The only way you get up to his fortress is by cable car. Although you can walk it if you're in really, really good shape. And it, it zigzags like this. We took the tram. You'd learn about those zigzags at the walls of yeah. Jericho. And yeah. Now, to me, that's the perfect, perfect picture of a valley of dry bones. If you look at these pictures on the thumb drives, it is beautiful. The rock. If you're into rocks. Yeah. But here again, where this happens, you know, less than an hour from Jerusalem. She says everything happened in a really small place compared to the size of the earth. Now you're looking out over the... Now you, now you can see why he picked this place. It's hard to sneak up on somebody when you're up there looking down like this, isn't it? He can see them coming from two days away. Now once we made it to the top, you can see still some of the old ruins are still there of the fortress. Notice there's no mountains behind this. You're on top of the mountain. And you walk, and you walk, and you walk. And then when you first go in, it gives you kind of a index or map of what all was up there. It's, it's its own little town. You got a you know, and there's a picture of what it originally would have looked like. I mean, they had place for baths, place for their food. Because if someone was going to attack you, what would they do? They would siege you, where you couldn't get out. And on top of that hill, what would be the biggest problem? Water. Water. Yes, water. <coughs> Did they haul their water up there? It's the only way they get it up there. Just a whole new, new meaning to where you draw me a bath, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's some of the quarry where they would get the rocks. Now, if you were to go in there, it's something interesting. You see the black line? You'll see that almost everywhere. Here is original. 
This has been added to finish it up. So these rocks, the ones that Herod had put there. Come on, Pam, can't read it right now. <laughs> See, that's the outside wall. Now we'll we'll finish up with this. In the the Roman style bathing, they were first class. They uh, they would take and fit an area and put the water in it, and then they'd have fires, and they'd bring in hot rocks to to make basically a sauna. Okay, Pam. And that's what it would have looked like. I mean. And this was our entrance into one of the saunas. And that floor is original. Kind of hard to see the depth there, but you'd see it. You know, there'd be one of the tubs carved out of rock. And of course, if you're going to have a fire in there, you got to have a way for the smoke to get out, right? Yeah. So up on top of the mountain, you had all the luxuries of home if you were the king and ruler. a better picture looking at the rock see the black line again yeah now Herod had a three-level palace he had up here here and here on the north face of the mountain and there was his view And that's what it would have looked like. Right on the side of the mountain. We don't want to be a sleepwalker and live there, would you? No. <laughs> or afraid of heights. <laughs> now, in 70 A.D., you know, Rome came through and destroyed Jerusalem. You can keep scrolling through these, Pam. They're just so bright. But the last remnants was a holdout here at Masada. And they tried and tried and tried. And finally what they did was on the north, the slope against the hill, they built a ramp. But my goodness... It would have took what we call now our big earth movers that build interstate months to have built that ramp. They don't know how long it took them, but they 
they finally built a ramp that they could get up on that side of it and take over this last stronghold of the Jews. And you can still see today, you know, it's a drop off all the way around, but it's sloped in one place where they just moved the dirt they needed to move. Oh, I'm sorry, back up one. That was a, a little old style. See how the, see all the caves? I've been a great place there. You could have kept your sheep. Those are much bigger than they look. We are out of time. Oh, there. There's what I wanted to get to and we'll stop. What are those? Rocks for what? No, for throwing over the wall. Yeah. Yeah, basically cannonballs, manual cannonballs. Yeah. That are still there. That's why you built on a hill. You could throw those off the side.